Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back to listen here on the Catching Passes with Coach John Kirby podcast. Sponsored by Bet Online here on the Believe Network. Okay, thank you everyone for coming back for part two of Hawaii vs. Notre Dame Thanksgiving week, 1997. Here's a brief synopsis of last episode, get you caught up. In last episode, we talked about the pregame routine for the Hawaii Warriors during the week, as well as Thanksgiving with the family on that Thursday, and the lead up to the big game versus Notre Dame on the following Saturday. There was a promise made between my quarterback and me, and priceless memories were shared about game bus rides to Aloha Stadium. Finally, I got to end the episode describing how a special moment with two family members before the game had a lasting impact on me. So now that we're caught back up, it was game time. Remember, we did the hugs and kisses. Everything was ready to roll. Went back inside. Coach gave an awesome pregame speech. Got us all pumped up, waiting in the tunnel. All of a sudden, you hear it. Boom, boom. Cannons go off. We run out of the tunnel. Man, I remember seeing all the ESPN cameras everywhere. We ran out. It's about 30,000 there at the time. Wound up being about 47,500 people showed up for that game. And I remember running out of the tunnel was one of the greatest feelings ever to the Hawaii 5-0 theme music. And then it was time to play the mighty Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I don't know if you remember last episode, I was talking about how my quarterback Tim Carey and I had a pregame routine where we'd hang out on each other's balconies and just talk about the game. Now, don't forget, Tim hadn't played in about five or six games, and he had made me a promise if by some miracle he was able to play in this game, that he was going to throw me the ball every time. And I hoped for the best, but really had no idea how that was going to happen. But as the game started, Notre Dame kicked off to us, and on the very first drive, our first-string quarterback got hit and injured his shoulder And guess what? In came my buddy, Tim Carey. Now the question was, would Tim keep his promise? Let's find out after this commercial. Bet online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So before the commercial, we were talking about whether my boy Tim would keep his promise. And the answer to that question is yes. The way I used to get in the game in D1 football was interesting because everyone was pretty good at the wide receiver spot. We all had our different talents and we all offered different things. I was like a catch and fall kind of possession guy that you can count on for catches. We had some speed guys and we had some guys that would catch screens and house it. But what they used to do back then was we would rotate a series each. So for example, when they kick off to us, the guy in front of me would take that series all the way down the field. If they went three and out, that was his chance. If they went 12 plays, he'd get all 12 plays unless he needed to come out, then I'd go in. So we used to rotate every other series. 
So then it was my chance to come in on the second series after our quarterback was injured, and my boy Tim was at the helm leading the show. That leads us to whether Tim's going to keep his promise, and he did right away. It was a trips right formation, and I was the two-man or the slot. And I was supposed to run kind of like a curl or a dig in the middle of the field, about 15 yards. It was up to me, depending on the coverage, whether or not to break it across or to curl it up. And the way the coverage was, I snapped it across and ran a dig across the middle. I could see three huge linebackers kind of in that area, so I found a hole. And I turn and look, and I see my quarterback launch it. He's throwing it to me, but when he threw it, I swear it looked like it was two stories high. And I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to get to that ball. It must have been the adrenaline. I don't know what it was, but I've never jumped that high in my life. I knew I had to catch it with my body because of the people that were waiting there for me. I jumped up in the air, caught it against my body, and all of a sudden I felt boom, 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 boom. A couple hits, just I remember spinning around really fast. Coming down with the catch is a big gain for us, 15 yards or so. If you want to see that catch, you can do so on YouTube, on my YouTube page, at JohnKirby87, and just look for a catch against Notre Dame. And it's cool because the guys on ESPN say, John Kirby's a big target across the middle. And you can see the view from behind Tim. The way he threw that ball, man, is amazing. One of the best throws I've ever got from a quarterback in my life. And he put it in the perfect place to where only I could get it and where I had a chance to protect myself. So thanks, Tim, for that. But I will say, after I got blasted with those three hits, boom, 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 I got up and I tried to breathe in, but I couldn't. And if you look at the video footage, I tap on my helmet and I come out because literally when they hit me, boom, 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 and I got up, tried to inhale, it was like, (laughs) I couldn't suck in. They completely knocked the wind out of me. And my boy, Adrian Clem, who's now the, Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach. You can see him slap me five. He's number 63. And I remember as I slapped him five, I was like (laughs) running to the sidelines, like (laughs) trying to breathe. And then I came out, finally bent over, took a big deep breath. Uh, One of the guys that hit me, hit me square in the back and put his face mask right in my back, hit me so hard that I had his face mask imprint bruised into my back for about five weeks after that. Then the other guy that hit me, hit me right on the thigh, and he charlied my leg. And man, at halftime, it was killing to the point that it was hard to run. If anyone that's ever played football before knows what a charlie from a helmet feels like in your leg, remember the good old charlie horse where your buddy would punch you in the arm or the leg and go, charlie, boom. Man, it was like that, but full speed with the helmet. It was really, really hard to even run in the third quarter, but I still had so much adrenaline that I was able to make it through the rest of the game after that. I remember going far wide right, being a single receiver by myself, and I had to run what's called like a Q or a whip route. Now, it's called a Q because if you look at the bottom of a Q when someone writes it in cursive, it goes in and then comes back out. A lot of football routes are named by the way they look and are drawn on paper. For example, five-yard stop. It's also called a five-yard hitch. It's called many different things because if you draw it on paper, it looks like the hitch on the end of a trailer. So a lot of routes are called by the way they look. I run about five yards up the field, then about five yards in flat across the defender's face and then whip it back out flat across that five yards. Well, the angles and geometry, if you can get them a little bit ahead of you, like a step, you'll be open. So I remember I ran a, a cue, I whipped it out, I had a step on the guy, 
turn and look, and of course my boy Tim put the ball right there. Caught it, got out of bounds for like six or seven. Then it was my moment. We drove all the way down the field with our awesome running back, Charles Tharp, who was from a rival WCAL school that I played against, St. Francis. Charles Tharp was from there. It was cool because we had a Sarah and a St. Francis guy, both on the same Division One team. I remember my boy Charles ran it all the way down the field. We're about, I believe, on like the 10-yard line, and coach put me in. And during camp, I had run a bunch of fades and caught a couple in, in camp and practice. So our offensive coordinator thought it was a good time to maybe try one of those. And so they called the play, and I lined up far wide left. I took three steps in to kind of suck him in and then ran a fade. Well, as I'm fading, he's a couple steps behind me. The ball's just a hair underthrown, and I come to jump back to catch it over him. And I'm about to catch it. I'm looking it in. It's about three feet from my hands. From all of a sudden, I feel a hand go under my chin strap push my head straight up and I'm looking at the beautiful Hawaiian sky instead of the football. And then it came in, hit off his hands and mine and went out of bounds. Biggest PI pass interference of all time. And the announcers show it in slow-mo a bunch of times. And you can see him push my head up before the ball gets there. Perhaps maybe he timed it perfectly, but if you watch the replay, it's really, really bad. So after the ball bounced out of bounds incomplete, I got up and I heard the crowd booing. Boo! So at first I thought they were booing me because, you know, it hit off my hands, but I was trying to catch it blindly. But then I look up at the replay and you can see it. Oh, man, it's really bad P.I. So as I'm running off the field, you can hear the crowd getting boo, boo. But it didn't matter anyways. We handed it off to my boy Charles Tharp and he ran it in and we kept the game close. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the score and back and forth and narrating that. We were hanging there. You could kind of feel Notre Dame start to relax a little bit as the game went on. And then the real fire of the Hawaii Warriors began to show up. So we started the third quarter, you know, running the ball, trying a bunch of different things. And all I can really remember is the game going into the fourth quarter. We were winning 22-20, to 20, I believe, with a minute 10 left. We kick off to them. We get a penalty on special teams, which gives them the ball about 15 yards further up. Then our defense really shows up, man. They go crazy. They're holding Notre Dame. I think we get a sack. It's 4th and 17 with under a minute remaining, and Notre Dame has the ball on their own 30. They snap the ball, and corner falls down. A receiver, his name's Bobby Brown, I believe he went on and played for the Raiders for a few years, catches a slant, breaks it all the way down to about the 15 or so. R15, all the way on 60 yards. Couldn't believe it. It's 22-20. They run the ball a couple more times. With nine seconds left or so, they kick a field goal to beat us 23-22. Now, let me say, Notre Dame played hard that whole game, and so did we. But, man, the energy in that stadium in the second half, Notre Dame was definitely nervous. They were definitely freaking out. You could kind of feel the tension. They couldn't believe that the game was that close somehow pulled it out in the end. Must be the luck of the Irish or whatever. A lot of us were really disappointed because we lost in the last second. Can definitely hold our head high. Being 21-point underdogs and hanging with them the entire time. A team that was playing at a way higher level than us all year. But remember what I said when we were at Turtle Bay and we had our meetings? We were going to be on TV. And even though we were 3-8 and eight and finished 3-9, and nine, We promised ourselves, our families, and everyone that loved us that we ain't going out like that. And we didn't. 
So I can always be proud of that, that the Hawaii Warriors, as 21-point underdogs, only lost by one point in the last few seconds to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish in 1997. you got to watch out for that Hawaii factor visiting road teams. When you come to play Hawaii, don't get too chill. Don't be hanging out at the beach and visiting Pearl Harbor. Let's have a luau. Man, just show up, play the game, and leave. You'll be way better off. There was a bunch of special people in my family that were there to watch that game. And I'd like to shout them out now, if it's okay with them. First, I have my grandparents who have since passed. Barbara and Ben Perotti were there. My mom and my stepdad, Denise and Lewis Allen, were there. My sister, Colleen Kirby, was there. My uncle, Ben Perotti, and his wife, Auntie Lori Perotti. Can't forget the Smethers. C. Lift, my boy Cliff and Michelle. Vanessa and Charlie were there. And my number one rider dies, cousin Kathy Perotti, and my number one podcast supporter, my little cousin, Ben Perotti, who was a little guy at the time, but now is running the show up in the Napa Valley. So special thanks to my family and friends that were there and supported me through the years and that were there in Aloha Stadium to share that special moment as we played the University of Notre Dame, Thanksgiving week, 1997. I wound up, I believe, with three catches for 33 yards in that game. And I know that's not a huge accomplishment. And I got P.I.'d when I was trying to score a touchdown. But I am so proud of the fact that I caught passes against Notre Dame on ESPN with my whole family there. And when I got back home, it seemed like every childhood friend or everyone I ever knew had seen that game. And they all said, man, that catch across the middle, that was awesome. We were sitting there just hanging out with the family. And all of a sudden, I heard John Kirby from San Mateo. So that was a really cool moment for me to come back home for Christmas break and hear from a lot of people who had seen that game on TV. Even though we lost the game 23-22 by one point as 21-point underdogs, I'm left with so many amazing memories from that day, such as staying at Turtle Bay before the game, the bus ride from the North Shore to Aloha Stadium with towns cheering us along the way, running out of the tunnel as the cannons blast and Hawaii Five-O music plays, Making a few catches on ESPN with my whole family there will always be moments that I can cherish forever, thanks to the game of football. Just because a kid from San Mateo worked hard at City College and made his way to Hawaii. I will always be grateful for these memories that football has given me. Special memories and moments with my family, road trips all over the country, and so much more to come in our future podcasts. So thanks so much everyone for listening. And we have a very special episode coming next week. So stay tuned to our social media to find out more information. Thanks so much for listening to the Catching Passes with Coach John Kirby podcast, sponsored by Bet Online here on the Believe Network. If you'd like to send me a message, you can do so on Instagram at Coach John Kirby or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Coach John Kirby. And if you'd like to see the catch across the middle versus Notre Dame that I describe in this podcast, check it out on youtube at john kirby 87 and just like we end every single show aloha thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.